This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. A self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life can change forever. I pray you're never, never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists. Because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. That is uscca.com slash G-O-R. Awesome. Hey, what's going on today? Well, today's topic, we're going to talk about SB2 and what a disaster it is for California. Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl. If you're... I, 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 Different SB2. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah, not that. Not that. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea it was the Super Bowl until, what, three seconds before three we seconds. went on air? I'm like, yeah. what? That's today? Why is everybody wearing green and red? <laughs> I had no idea. I no I'm idea. totally out of touch. I used to be a huge NFL fan, I too. thought you were. Huge. I was a huge NFL fan. I totally disconnected. It's just not fun anymore. I know. These guys are... Everybody's too strong. They're too fast. It's yeah. too calculated. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I think, honestly, NFL peaked in the 80s. And then it just... 90s, yeah. 90s it started I going downhill. To- I totally agree with you. Anyway. Money. Too much money. So uh, I want to talk about a few things. So we're going to talk about SB2. We're going to talk about it with a lot of interesting people. We're going to run it by John Lott. If you don't know who John Lott is, he is the... How would you describe John Lott, Alicia? The premier... Economist. Economist, statistician when it comes to uh, gun uh, stats and that sort of thing. And, of course, one of the premier trainers, you know him from Active Self Protection, John Korea is going to be on. We're going to auction John off. Uh, so he wants to kind of come on and talk about that. And then we're going to talk to Dan DeMent from Franklin Armory. And speaking of John Korea and auctioning him off, we're going, we, we are right in the middle of, a, of an auction. Did you check it out yet, Dave? Yes, I did. Any, are you impressed by anything? Or I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of really impressive collectibles and all kinds yeah. of stuff. He's yeah. a little choked up over there. Yeah, he's all. I know. You're getting emotional. I know. I got choked up. Whatever. Don't worry. We're gonna. We're, this part's not gonna make it to air. We're gonna edit this all yeah. out. So don't yeah, worry about right. that. Famous last words. We'll cut that all this right now. Uh, no, I thought it was a great auction. Uh, I haven't looked at it lately. What's the numbers? Like? Well, one of the big things that uh, – so there's a lot of really cool collectibles, <laughs> a lot of really cool firearms. There's some trips. There's all kinds of cool stuff. But one thing I want to make clear to everybody listening is all the memberships are discounted. So whether you live in Inland Empire, Orange County, San Diego, go on there, renew your membership. Even if, you, if you're not due for like six months or whatever, we're just going to tack it on to the end of that. Um, but you can get it like, a, for example, a ten ring membership. Normally, a thousand dollars is only six hundred bucks. So all, all, but all of them are, are, are discounted. So go on there, uh, renew your membership. If you're in Inland and you buy a membership, you're going to be a member of Inland. If you're in Orange, you buy a membership. Orange, San Diego, et cetera, et cetera. So go so on there. You and can check do that one, out. one or all. 
Well, you just buy a membership, and we're, we're the oh, membership. Oh. You we're, the, your location will determine where your membership gets. Gotcha. So if you buy a membership, and your address is Inland Empire somewhere, Inland Empire. Inland Empire, Orange, Orange. Okay. Your address is San Diego, San Diego. So just buy the membership, get the discount. Perfect opportunity for you to upgrade and check out, see what it's like. You know, for, in the uh, in the in the fancy section of the membership uh, seats, yeah. <laughs> or uh, you know. So uh, one thing we're going to do, um, I think it's really important. We have such a huge uh, footprint now all across Southern California. We're going to bring on the executive directors in the 4 o'clock segment mm-hmm. and let, let everybody know what's going on for just a few minutes. So let's kick it off with Heather Hawk from Orange County. How are you, Heather? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Fantastic. What's going on with Orange County gun owners? Uh, well, I, w- I wanted to add something in there really quick when you, real, before we do that with um, the membership specials. Definitely everyone should look at the legacy because they get to go on Gun Owners Radio as part of the perks. So I just wanted to make sure you guys know that. <laughs> you get a bit on that, Dave? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, I'm already oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so just getting back to to Orange County, um, we had a tabletop today at the Golden West Swap Meet, and I was like you, Michael Schwartz. I was like, mm-hmm. "Where is everybody?" And then uh, it dawned on me, it's Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> totally missed that, but it went well. Yeah. Otherwise, it was yeah, kind of slow. Was good. Uh, it was good. We uh, we had a lot of good conversations on there, and I had actually a person that I was talking to about becoming a legacy member uh, stop in, so we were chatting for a little bit too. So. It was cold, though, for California. We were all bundled up. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Anything else coming in in Orange County? Um, the main thing, we're, we're, we're really pushing that online auction. We want everybody to check out all those good items and everything. So um, we've got our monthly meeting coming up and our CCW seminar. Those are later here in February on the 22nd and the 27th. But um, that's our main thing is we want people to bid on all those items on the auction. We hope somebody gets something good. Um, that's the final... Um, call in is on February 16th, Thursday, uh, the close Thursday. of the auction. Yep. Yep. So that's a countdown to the close. The close of the auction is going to be at 8 PM. So we'll, we'll have a zoom link for everybody to dial in and they can, uh, watch online and just, we can all get together and count it down and see who gets the big prizes. So Super Bowl, Valentine's day, and then auction gun auction, online gun auction. This is the most romantic week I think ever. This is really amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, get uh, your lady something nice at the auction. <laughs> so for more info, go to ocgunowners.com, and you can see all the information for the CCW seminar. You can see the information for the auction and see the information for your monthly meeting, right? Yep, it's all up there Great. on there. Thank you, Heather. Awesome job. Let's move on to Carla in Inland Empire. What's going on in Inland Empire? Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Um, we have our Riverside CCW coming up on Wednesday. Okay. And we have not one, but two tabletops next Saturday. Uh, first one will be at Bass and Brass in Marietta, and will also be at Turner's in Ontario. Uh, those are both on Saturday between the hours of 10 and 4 p.m. So if you're out there um, going shopping, looking for something to do, come out and say hi. Very, very cool. Awesome job. You guys yeah. do a great job with your tabletops. I, you're all over the place at Inland Empire, and uh, thank you so much. Fantastic job, Carla. Absolutely. And then we have our monthly meeting in two weeks on the 25th from 1 to 3 at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. Perfect. Join Carla. Come see what's going on. Yep. Have a lot of fun. Have some, some free pizza. Yep. Come out. <laughs> say hi. Let, uh, let me know that you heard us on the radio. Yeah, and get involved. 
Yes. Excellent job. Thank you, Carla. Awesome job. Okay, and our newest executive director, Gail Raymer from San Diego for San Diego County Gun Owners. Oh, congratulations. Hey, Gail. Ta-da. You're a new kid on the block. How's it going, Gail? Mike looks so rested. <laughs> <laughs> but does he know I'm what glad to hear it. I'm did you, wait, did, hear you, it. did you say rested or rusted? Because rested. it feels more rested. rusted than you do. You look a little bit more relaxed. Oh, well, there you go. Got some pressure taken off. I, I missed the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I could, could help with that. So how has it been um, so far? You, you've only been on the job yeah. for 12 days. No, 11 yeah. days. And the, the first week was a lot of learning. Um, I did get to go out to a Not Me shooting social yesterday. I saw the pictures. And I hit the two, I hit the two tabletops. And um, got to meet with some of our great volunteers, and I just look forward to getting to meet everybody at some point. Awesome. And you're going to be at all three of our monthly meetings, which are coming up next yes, week, not this sir. week. A little confusing yes. because it's normally the third week, and the week started, or the month started in the middle of the week. So it's not this week. It's next week. It's, it's next, a week from Tuesday, a week from Wednesday, a week from Thursday. So come out, meet uh, Gail, and have some fun, learn to see what we're doing, and, of course, get involved in the auction, right? Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Anything else? What else would you like? Anything else? Any other message you want to send to San Diego? That just, I'm glad to be here. Can't wait to get this going. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun because it takes enthusiastic folks like yourself to make this work. Thank you very much, Gail. We're going to take a quick You're break. Welcome. Folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. This is a station that hates QR. (laughs) (laughs) So John Lott has been one of the most productive and cited economists in the world. Among economists, businesses, and law professors, his research is currently the 15th most downloaded in the world. Stay tuned for John Lott up next. Hey, but first, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call California firearms lawyer John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. 760-642-7150 or visit the website at dillonlawgp.com. So we're interviewing my favorite economist, John Lott. He wrote one of my favorite books, which I, in no uncertain terms, would describe his this book that he wrote as life-changing for me. Uh, it's called More Guns, Less Crime. came out back in the late 90s. I think it came out in, uh, I want to say it came out in 98. I read it uh, a few years after. And I still, I recommend everybody out there pick up that book. Truly, truly eye-opening. And the fact that John was an economist and came to this conclusion, uh, More Guns, Less Crime, through uh, his his training you know, with numbers and, and, and uh, as an economist. He's now the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, and uh, you may have seen him on TV, radio, print. He's all over the place. It's very, very much my pleasure to interview you, John. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me on. 
Now, did you know that statistic that uh, among economists, uh, business and, and law professors, that you are the 15th most downloaded in the world? Uh, yeah, I guess I knew of that. So, anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's a that's a I, I it's what a testament to how how uh, innovative and important and interesting your work is. And congratulations for that. No thanks. <clears throat> I appreciate you having me on. For for those that aren't familiar, can you kind of you just give us some background? How did you get into um, the statistics that led to uh, your work around firearms and Second Amendment issues? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of economists deal with crime. Uh, economics has a couple basic points, but one of them is if something's more costly, people do less of it. If there's a greater return, people do more of it. And uh, just like uh, if the price of apples go up, people buy fewer apples. If it's riskier, if it's more uh, difficult for criminals to go and commit crime, they do less crime. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of permutations on that, but that basic point uh, you know, applies to lots of different areas in people's lives. And economists, that's one of the things we study. So, um, you know, I was teaching, I'd been involved uh, in crime a lot. Uh, I'd been chief economist for the U.S. Sentencing Commission. And I was teaching a class on crime at uh, Wharton. I was at the Wharton Business School for four years. And uh, I made the mistake of telling the students that we were ahead in the syllabus. And one of the students, or a couple of the students came up to me after class and asked me, they said, well, they knew it wasn't perfectly on point for the class, but uh, given that we were ahead in the syllabus, would I mind giving a lecture on gun control? And uh, I'd read some papers in the area uh, that were really poorly done, but I assumed that there were other good papers there. But if I was going to speak on it, it kind of forced me to more systematically go through the literature. And, uh, you know, when you're an academic, you do papers because you have a new idea or you think you can do a better job. In this case, um, I just thought I could do a better job. And uh, one thing kind of led to another. And I decided to go and do some work in it. And uh, um, I ended up getting attention. And uh, it was hard to get away from it because uh, um, I just, I think um, I had been involved in a lot of academic debates, but never one where uh, there was so much misinformation there. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just thought if I didn't stick around and do the discussion, nobody would. What's an example of, uh, of, of the misinformation? Like what's just one example of something that people were misinformed about? Oh, I mean, there's so many things mm-hmm. there. Uh, uh, you know, one claim that I think is predictably pernicious is the claim that the United States is somehow unique in terms of mass public shootings. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, what you find is that the United States actually has about 1% of the world's mass public shooters, uh, even though we make up about 4.6% of the world population. So we're way, way, way below the average in terms of uh, mass public shootings. What happens is um, people also don't take into account uh, how large of a country we have. We have over 330 million people. Uh, you look at countries in Europe, you have a number of countries that are like 5 million people or 10 million. 
even the largest country uh, in Europe, Germany, has 80 million people. So it's less than a quarter the size of ours. And you have to adjust for the fact that uh, they just don't have that many people. Nobody would compare the total number of murders in uh, you know, Rhode Island with California or something like that. Uh, they'd put it in terms of per capita rates. Because you have a lot more people there, you're going to have more murders. Uh, it could, you, and but yet they don't do that when it comes to things like mass public shootings. They don't do it when they talk about school shootings or other types of things. And when you do that, you realize that there are a number of countries in Europe that have uh, higher per capita rates in terms of mass public shootings than we have here in the United States. Uh, it's just also that. And, and partly this is understandable, but uh, uh, attacks in uh, the United States obviously get a lot more news coverage in our country uh, than attacks in, in other countries do. So, uh, But, I mean, there's so many other things one could go into, you know, just how people should behave when they're confronted by a criminal uh, and so on. So if you're in a country where... Well, I don't know. Craig me if I'm wrong. Maybe this is a bad question. You tell me. You're, you're really good at – I've asked you a lot of questions in the past, and you're always very good at, at, at uh, correcting the quality of my questions, I guess, for lack of a better term. So maybe this is a bad question. But if you're in a country where guns are pretty much banned, and let's say it's a country that's you know a tenth the size of the United States, so you would think that we would have at least ten times as many uh, you know, of these shootings. But they're a tenth the size – so, you know, uh, they have more. Maybe we only have, you know, five times as many when we should have 10 times, even though we have 10 times the population. I don't know what, what country I'm really talking about here, but where guns are banned, so people would assume, hey, we have more shootings in the United States than this, this other country, um, when in fact, no, per capita, they have, uh, you know, 15 or 20 times as many, even though they have a tenth of the population. Where are they getting these guns? Did you, did you ever, you know, if you're in a, a country where guns are pretty much banned and they don't have gun shops, um, where are the firearms coming from? Is that something that, that your research has ever uncovered? Right. Well, I mean, uh, one of the major sources of illegal drugs in other places in the world, including the United States, are, are drug gangs. Uh, you know, it's not like a drug gang or a drug dealer can go to the police and say, um, this other gang stole our drugs. Can you help us get them back? The different... Uh, drug gangs there have to have their own little militaries in order to protect that extremely valuable property that they have. And we know how difficult it is to go and stop drug dealers from getting a hold of, uh, of drugs. Um, it's equally hard, it seems, to be able to stop them from getting a hold of the guns that they use to go and protect that extremely valuable property that they have. And... Um, you know, you look at a country like Mexico, for example. Uh, Mexico, since 1972, has had only one gun store in the country. Mm. Uh, it's run by the military. Guns are extremely expensive. You have to pay over a $2,000 fee just to apply to be able to be considered for a license to be able to go and have uh, a permitted gun. Uh, and less than one-tenth of 1% of the adult population is legally licensed to own a gun in Mexico. Uh, the most powerful gun you can be able to buy since 1972 in Mexico is a 22 caliber short round uh, bolt action rifle. Uh, those aren't what are being used by drug gangs. And yet 
their murder rate has more than doubled since uh, since the, that restriction went into effect. And in many recent years, they've had a murder rate that's six times higher than the murder rate in the United States. And it's basically the drug cartels there bring in drugs from around the world and they bring in the weapons from around the world uh, that they use to protect that extremely valuable property that they have. But, you know, it's uh, if I could click my fingers tomorrow and cause all guns in the United States to disappear and all illegal drugs, how long do you think it would be before illegal drugs started coming back into the United States? Yeah. 20 yeah. minutes if you live in El Paso? Yeah. And how long would it be before they would bring in the weapons to protect that valuable property the same amount of time. That's interesting. So, I mean, is it, um, is it reasonable? So, okay. So Mexico has, you know, for all intents and purposes, almost no, it's really fairly impossible to own a, a firearm in Mexico. And, and it's, it, it's definitely impossible. Legally. Well, it's, it's, yeah. Legally. <laughs> Uh, for for I guess what I'm saying is the average citizen in Mexico can't go purchase a uh, um, a, a center fire firearm uh, with any kind of ease. I mean it's it's almost non-existent that the average law-abiding citizen in Mexico has a firearm, but they still have extreme amounts of of uh, uh, crime committed with a firearm, and that's coming from these drug cartels. Um, and but when you talk to people especially gun control advocates, it's almost like that, that level of crime, those, those uh, cartels, that, that crime with a firearm, it's like it doesn't count. Well, gee, we, that's not what we mean. We don't mean that kind of, you know, quote-unquote gun violence for whatever reason. I don't understand why they don't count that. But uh, do you, and because it doesn't fit their agenda is probably the reason why they don't count that. But well, is, they exclude countries that they say aren't developed countries usually. And uh, even though Mexico is a developed country by the standard of the OECD, kind of the club of developed countries. But, uh, I mean, that's usually it's just how they define what countries to include. Because if you include all the countries that are classified as developed countries, uh, what you find is that uh, the countries with the highest gun ownership rate tend to have relatively low uh, homicide rates and relatively low firearm homicide rates. Tell you, tell you uh, what. Hey, John, this is Dave. We're going to take a quick break, pay a few bills. Can you hang with us? Sure. Great. All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Don't panic. The little guy will be back next week. I know that's I'm, just the big guy. I'm filling in for him. Yeah, you're doing it. Making him, hopefully I'm making him. big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. Make him, make him proud. Okay. You got a little more growl. Hey, folks. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserve and restore Orange County's self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and you want to help defend and restore their Second Amendment rights, you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the do-something organization to restore and defend the Second Amendment. Volunteers at a shooting social, at a gun shop, a tabletop, 
whatever you can do. Help us get more pro-gun local officials elected. Save the date. Orange County Gun Prom is May 20th. Become a member today. That's ocgunowners.com slash join. All right, back to John Lott. John, we were talking about Mexico and the difference between um, you know what they count as crime and gun violence, and and uh, you know the difference between their gun ownership rates and crime rates, and the United States uh, their gun owner ownership rates and crime rates. Is it reasonable to say that the high percentage of gun ownership in the United States is one of the factors uh, and one of the main reasons? That we don't have enormous drug cartels that that have you know ta- basically taken over the country. John, I'm not sure that that's it. Uh, you know, I think um, there are a lot of things that determine how much corruption you have. I mean, I think one of the reasons why Mexico has the drug gang problem that they have is that. They're next to the United States, and we have a big demand for illegal drugs. And so there are a lot of people there who make a a big living uh, going and supplying illegal drugs to the United States. They're a relatively poor country. They don't pay law enforcement as much as we pay our law enforcement and other similar issues. And so they have a lot more corruption there, and uh, the drug gangs kind of fester there. I mean, we've had issues with uh, prohibition in the United States. We had high murder rates there. You look, we just put out a study a little while ago. One uh, percent of the counties in the United States account for 42 percent of the murders. Jeez. Uh, the five percent worst counties account for 73 percent of the murders. By contrast, and even within those counties, uh, murders are very heavily concentrated in tiny areas. In the, in the worst one percent, uh, most of those murders are in like 10 county blocks within uh, those counties. And, and a lot of that is drug gang related. So we have our, one of the reasons why we have uh, the murder rates that we do in the United States. Murder really isn't a national problem in the United States. It's very much a localized problem. But a lot of it has to do with, uh, with drug gangs. So, I mean, we have our own problems with, with drug gangs here in the United States. It's, it's not as much as it is in, in Mexico, but my own guess, just thinking off the top of my head, is that it probably has a lot more to do with the fact that uh, Mexico has more corruption, in part because they don't pay their law enforcement and people in the legal system as much as we pay ours. Well, is it reasonable through your research and and just uh, is it reasonable to say that let's take Chicago, for example, Chicago is, you know, huge crime. There's a lot of crime in Chicago, all kinds of different crime in Chicago. Um, I would assume that that is one of the one of the areas in the top in the top one percent that skews the numbers so much. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's right. Okay, so Uh if so, Chicago, is it reasonable to say or is it just not that simple um, that hey, you know Chicago, you can you can now own a firearm, you can now carry a firearm for self defense. Is it reasonable to say that that over time will have a positive impact on on Chicago's crime rates? Oh yeah, sure. But you were asking specifically about uh, you know drug uh, gang violence. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, no, different, I, totally different research, question. Yeah, totally different question. You know, but yeah. If my 
if my research convinces me of anything, the people who benefit the most from having guns are the people who are most likely victims of violent crime. But, you know, if you have mm-hmm. more wealthy people living in the suburbs having permits, I mean, that's fine. Uh, but they're not the ones who are likely to be running into criminals. So you're not going to see the same reduction in violent crime as you would see if you make it so that the people who are likely to have crimes committed against them, like the ones you're talking about in Chicago, are the ones who are armed. Um, You know, uh, it's one of the things with California and places like Illinois is how difficult and costly it is they make it for law-abiding poor people, minorities who live in high-crime urban areas, to be able to go and have guns for protection. Um, you, know, you just compare Illinois and Indiana, two neighboring states that are fairly similar in many different ways. In Indiana, um, over 22% of the adult population has a concealed carry permit. In Illinois, it's about 4%. Why the difference? Well, it's pretty easy to explain. In Illinois, it costs about $450 to go through the process to get a concealed carry permit. In Indiana, it costs $0 Mm. uh, to go through the process to go and get it. And so what you see in Illinois is basically wealthy whites who live in the suburbs are the ones who go and get permits. I mean, $450 to go through the uh, the fee for the permit and going through the training costs. Um, you know, uh, and in uh, Indiana, you see a lot more people uh, who live in poor, uh, heavily minority zip codes. A few years ago, I was able to go and get the list of all the concealed carry permit holders in Los Angeles County. Mm. And, uh, uh, You know, when you have the May issue type rules where you have to go and convince some local Democratic public official to let you have a permit. And what you find is that, uh, uh, one, there are very few permits. There were like 341 permits that were there uh, out of an adult population of over 8 million people. But um, only 7% of permit holders were women. Uh, Only 5% were black. Only 6.5% were Hispanic. Uh, Compare that to the rest of the country where uh, people don't have to provide a good reason. Um, And uh, women make up about 30 percent of permit holders in the rest of the country. Uh, Blacks make up about 12 percent, which is about their share of the black population. And Hispanics, even though Hispanics uh, make up 54 percent of the population in Los Angeles County, they only make about six and a half percent of the permit holders there. And it's just, you know, maybe women and blacks and Hispanics just don't have crimes committed against them in Los Angeles. I don't yeah. really think that's the case. I don't think so. Either. Uh, but but uh, apparently the powers that be that determine whether or not somebody has a good reason to be able to go and protect themselves. They powers that be just don't view them as having good reasons. So have, have you reviewed SB2, the, the proposal that SB2 is here in California? I don't have it memorized what the different numbers are. Is this the new one for yeah. concealed carry that they have there? Exactly. You know, the well, one- I mean, I know what's generally in it. I know uh, uh, California, Newsom wants to kind of go and follow uh, what's happened in uh, uh, New York and New Jersey uh, in terms of essentially banning people to be able to go and carry 
concealed handguns practically any place yeah, within the, the state. He wants to basically make everything a sensitive area. If that passes, right. and let's say there's no injunction, if it if it passes and it goes into practice, you know, for whatever length of time, like let, let's pretend that nobody sues, nobody gets an injunction, you know what I mean? It, it just passes and everywhere, for, for all intents and purposes, purposes, most places outside of your home are sensitive. What do you think that will do um, to, to California? How will that affect California? Well, you have very few people that have permits to begin with in California. No, that's and true. so it's not going to have, it's not going to have a huge impact uh, there uh, in terms of changing things. I mean, it will prevent you from getting the benefits. So like uh, as of uh, February a year ago uh, in Los Angeles County, there was like one permit holder for every, uh, 5,600 adults in the county. Uh, in San Mateo County, uh, where they had another mass public shooting, there was one permit holder for every 24,000 uh, adults in the county. Hmm. You know, mass public shooters in California really haven't had much to worry about in terms of uh, running into somebody who's going to be able to go and stop them. I think that's one of the reasons why uh why you've had so many mass public shootings uh uh in in california which which in the in the press conference john that's you know the press conference was the governor and the attorney general and, and a state senator and it was kind of the it was kind of the premise it was like hey we have all these mass shootings therefore we're going to pass sb2 which will you know, limit where people can carry, and it, which is the exact opposite of what they should be doing. And, and and a reporter even kind of brought it up. They said, "Well, you know, what kind of problems have you had with with CCW holders?" And right. of course, the governor just you know got mad. Just basically, no yeah, did no answer. He got mad and said, "Ah, you know, this is the kind of pushback that you know stops success." Or whatever. meanwhile, it was a very reasonable question by a by an un, an unbiased reporter. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. He was unable to answer it. Well, I mean, they've had the same questions and the same reactions uh, from uh, politicians in New York. Uh, Kathy Hochul uh, was asked when she was pushing for creating all these uh, gun free zones in New York. Uh, she was asked the same question and was also unable to answer it. And the reason why they can't answer it is because permit holders are incredibly uh, law-abiding. Um, uh, and, you know, what you find is that permit holders lose their, uh, are convicted of firearms-related violations at, uh, at one twelve the rate that police are convicted of wow. firearms-related violations. I knew it was police, I knew it was less. I didn't know it was one-twelfth. That's, that, is, yeah. that is extremely significant. Right. Well, I mean, that's, those are the types of reports that we put out at our website at crimeresearch.org. But, um, uh, uh, and, and officers are rarely convicted themselves of uh, firearms-related violations at about one-twentieth the rate of the general population. Hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, it's John, do you have one more segment in you? Can we hold you for one more segment? I just have a couple more questions. If you have time. Sure. Happy to do it. Awesome. Thank you, John. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. This is gun owners radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. 
All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day. We're close to the ocean as well as the desert and mountains. Well, SDFTI's instructors can help you learn to navigate around the international border and military bases. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in sunny San Diego right there at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Just give them a call at 858-569-1822 or go to learn to fly with SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. So we're talking to John Lott, uh, extremely interesting um, gun statistics and some of the conclusions that, that have been that have come from from your uh, research, and I, I want to take a step back. And t- one of the things that is really impressive to me is um, we talked a little bit about how you got into this and how it got started. But you're not you're not the NRA. You're not funded by the NRA. You you didn't come about this. Um, I guess what I'm saying is you weren't involved in Second Amendment activism. And if if memory serves, you you weren't even you weren't like a big gun owner prior to this. You truly went into the research, did good science, and uh, came to conclusions, w- w- you know, without having a preconceived notions. Is all that, is all that fair to say? Right. I never owned a gun. Nobody in my family had owned a gun. I didn't grow up with anybody in my household or family owning a gun. Uh, so yeah, no, I hadn't been involved with it. I, I would have been classified as being somewhat in the middle of the debate. I'm sure I was affected as much as others by, uh, you know, the violence that you see in the news coverage there. I didn't, I mean, now I kind of realize how biased the media coverage was, but I wouldn't have known that at the time. Now, one of the things that I remember that I was really impressed with was some of the terminology that led to some of the misinformation. And I, I recall, if you, if you don't mind talking about, um, there was like for example, there was a myth that uh, you're more likely if 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 you're killed by someone with a gun, then you're 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 you were in a relationship with them or something along those lines. And when you dug into that, you found out that it had to do with the way the FBI defined a relationship. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, well, I, I I don't know. There are a number of points that might be related to what you're talking about. I mean, look. Um, one of the things people hear is that uh, over half murders in the United States involve acquaintance murders. And when people hear that, they're thinking about people who are somehow emotionally, uh, you know, attached to other people. Uh, and that's simply wrong. Uh, the vast majority of acquaintance murders involve rival gang members. I mean, it's very common for the members of one gang uh, to know who the members of another gang are. Uh, but, you know, acquaintance murders are much broader than most people might think. So, for example, um, if a robber uh, goes up to the side of a, of a taxi cab and robs and kills the taxi cab driver, that's classified as, an, as a stranger murder. But if the robber is in the back of the cab and is in getting a ride from the cab driver there and robs him and kills him at that point, that's classified as an acquaintance murder because of the perceived financial relationship that existed between 
the robber and the taxi cab driver. So, uh, and, and that's the that that's the point right there, John, because it's so misleading. It's it's frankly dishonest of the other side. They make it sound as if, um, you know, there are you know millions of cases of people who are dating or married. And, uh, you know, they, they, they kill each other with, with a gun and that that's, that that's somehow, that's somehow a likely scenario when the reality is it's not like that at all. Look, I mean, there are tons of misinformation that's out there. Uh, and it's, you know, the news media has a big impact on people's perceptions. Entertainment television does, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we went through all the TV cop shows on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. Um, about 85% of the guns that were fired by criminals in their TV cop shows uh, were machine guns. Um, uh, if you look up, since the 1930s, there's been one murder in the United States involving a machine gun. So you could watch one episode of Magnum PI or something, and you think that you know more people are killed in uh, Hawaii on any given day with machine guns than in the entire United States since the 1930s. Um, but and you know, uh, you know, it's not surprising that so many people are in favor of gun control. When you constantly hear about bad things that happen in the news with guns and virtually never hear about the benefits, it's not surprising that people think that if you just get rid of guns, uh, the situation will be better. So a uh, year before last, we went through and did an extensive deep dive on media coverage on, uh, on defensive gun uses. Uh, you look at the top five newspapers in the United States, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, the New York Times, the LA Times, the Washington Post. Between those five papers uh, that year, they had a total of 10 defensive gun use stories. Hmm. And, the, and the ones that they did have usually had something go wrong. The wrong person was shot or the gun was taken away or they got in the way of the police. Something went wrong. Uh, by contrast, they had 1,700 plus news stories about people being killed or wounded in crimes with guns. They had over 2,700 news stories of crimes being committed with guns. So, you know, and even if you add in MSNBC and CNN, you get zero defensive gun uses being reported over the year there. Um, so somebody could think they're very well read. Uh, they keep up with the news all the time. And they would think, look, there's like no benefit from having a gun. Lots of crime. So why not just get rid of guns wow. there? Um, uh, uh, we went through, if you look at all the news stories and all the sources, you'll find about 2,000 uh, defensive gun uses on guns. But just to give you an idea of how the media misses this. Um, you know, most of the news stories on defensive gun uses involve instances where the attacker was killed. Uh, 42% of them involve instances where the attacker was wounded. Only 4% involve instances where a simple brandishing of a gun stopped the attack. Yeah. Now, you know, if I'm editor of a news bureau, and I have two stories that come across my desk. One case, there's a dead body on the ground. In another case, let's say a woman's brandished a gun 
the would-be attackers run away, no shots are fired, no dead body on the ground. You're not even sure what crime would have been committed. I think anybody would pick the first news story over the second one in order to run. But it has an impact. You know, just because something is newsworthy, you know, if it bleeds, it leads type of thing, doesn't mean that it reflects reality very well. Because in in reality, about 95% of defensive gun uses involve instances of simple brandishing of a gun. But you would never know that. Can you talk? Uh, we just have a, like four four minutes here. Can you talk about um, the the misleading uh, uh, the the way they talk about mass shootings and what they qualify? You know, when most people think of a mass shooting, they think of some you know deranged person who goes into a a school or a theater and just right. random havoc. But that's not that's a, that's a that's kind of that's a small percentage of what is counted as a mass shooting. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. So the way the FBI defines active shooting cases are attacks that occur in public. They're not part of some other type of crime like a robbery or a gang fighting over drug turf. And they include anything from one person being targeted and missed all the way up to a mass public shooting. Um, And the reason that they have the definition that they do is to try to get at the types of cases you're talking about where somebody goes into a place and, you know, a school or a mall or a movie theater. And the whole point of the attack is simply to go and kill other people. Um, so uh, over the eight years from 2014 to uh, uh, 2021, the FBI claims that there's 252 of those cases. Um, now, you'll hear uh, that whether well, there's one mass one mass shooting a day in the United States and that data comes from someplace called the Gun Violence Archive. Hmm. Uh, And they define it as um, uh, three or more people wounded. Usually mass public shootings are four or more people killed. That's kind of the traditional FBI definition of it. Um, But the other thing is the vast majority of their cases, about 87% or so of the cases from the Gun Violence Archives, are gang fight, drug gang fights over drug turf. Hmm. Um, and look, I think people being killed in either way is it's important. Tragic. But, sure, yeah. But what they do, but what they do is, people will go and mention some of the high-profile mass public shootings, and then go and mention that there's one of these occurring a day, and they make people think that there's one of those types of attacks occurring a day, and that's simply not the case. These are overwhelmingly. Uh, uh, drug gangs fighting against each other, and most of the rest are just robberies or other things that have happened. So, so the causes and solutions to stopping drug gangs fighting against each other over drug turf are very, very different. Exactly. And you know, and and there's a reason why the media doesn't cover those very much compared to these other mass public shootings. And yet, you know, Biden or this gun violence archive. Uh, which, by the way, the Gun Violence Archive uh, was caught recently uh, lobbying the Centers for Disease Control to remove information on defensive gun uses from their website, uh, complaining about, just to give you an idea where the group is coming from, uh, they were complaining that uh, it was making it, by having numbers on the number of defensive gun uses, it was making it harder for them to go and push for gun control. To lobby, of course. John, where do people find more about your work and, and maybe support what you're doing? How do we how do we find you? 
at our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. All right, man. Hey, appreciate it. Great show. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM FM 96 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a little uh, special announcement. I forgot to throw it in. SDFTI is hosting a CCW seminar on February 28th at their classroom right off Arrow Drive. Sign up and you can reserve your spot today. That's gunownersradio.com's backslash CCW. And the Empire, gun owners. Strive to be the ounce of prevention and to fight for your gun rights. And how do they do it? They do it by fundraising, getting local pro gun candidates elected. So you need to become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash join. Awesome. That was a cool segment. Oh, thank you. I thought it was awesome. Um, didn't you have a CCW thing you had to talk he about? He just did. Oh, he did. I, just, we I did think someone wasn't paying attention. Phone. I was purposely not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, we have a prize winner. Um, congratulations to Loretta R. Wins a Gun Owners Radio t-shirt. If you want to win a prize, join the email newsletter, gunownersradio.com slash subscribe, and you'll be on the newsletter for Gun Owners Radio. Find out all out find out all about Gun Owners Radio and all the cool, interesting stuff we do. And if you just want to skip the skip right to the prize and buy your own merch, go to Gun Owners Radio Merch. Uh, that's actually shop.gunownersradio.com. Okay. Next, we're gonna have what are you laughing at, Dave? You did as good as I did. I know. We're gonna, <laughs> we, like I said, none of this is making it live to the air. We're going to edit all this out. Yeah, no one The show will be all <laughs> seven minutes long. That's right. Uh, next is one of my favorite guys. Um, ASP uh, is one of the best YouTube channels out there, not just about guns, but in general. It really, truly is useful information. It's entertaining. And the guy who runs it and his staff are all fantastic people. None other than John Korea. How are you, sir? I am delightful. Thank you so much for having me on today. You are delightful. I agree. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, right. Um, man, I can't tell you. It's truly, uh, everything that you do is so, so cool, um, and you have such a great, great attitude about it and uh, such a good mission in life, and I can't tell you how much... I and so many people around me appreciate uh, uh, active self-protection. You guys do such a good job. Your YouTube channel is awesome. Your staff is awesome. Your attitude is the best. Thank you so much for everything you do. 
Well, man, I, I appreciate that. You know, our, our whole mission is just to help people. So the more we can do that, the more that we can, you know, be invested in helping good people to, you know, protect their families, the better off everyone is. And and how do you do it? Talk to, for people that are listening, for the three people who listen, who live under a rock and have no idea who, who you are and what you do, um, talk about what it is you do. What is, what is the, uh, what it, how, how do you describe, what's your elevator speech for the channel? Well, I mean, so if you know Active Self-Protection, it's from probably our main YouTube channel, which is, you know, helpfully called Active Self-Protection, where people send me real-life surveillance videos of defensive encounters. We do after-action reports on them. So <clears throat> armed robberies, carjackings, muggings, home invasions. We also do badge camps. We post 10 videos a week to our main YouTube channel. We have a second YouTube channel that we teach skills on um, handgun skills, legal and moral self-defense, some gear reviews, class reviews, those kinds of things. We also have an instructor certification program. We have a top worldwide podcast where we interview people who've been in real life defensive encounters to get their understanding of things. Uh, we do expert witness work. Um, <clears throat> so it's, you know, it's grown from this little thing that just started as a dream in my, my home office to quite an enterprise. An enterprise. That's exactly what it is. And you're helping a lot of people. How many subscribe your biggest channel on YouTube? How many subscribers do you have now? Right at about 2.86 million right now <laughs> uh, on the big channel. Second channel's got uh, about 225,000 or so, give or take. Um, we got, you know, other socials and stuff, too. The thing that I'm most proud of is that we are right at 1.5 billion lifetime channel views on the big channel. Wow. I think half of those are mine. Yeah. Alicia listens a lot. <laughs> you're, you know, John, you're her, uh, her profile picture. Alicia is is posing with you on her Facebook profile picture. I'll have to change it back. I changed nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Anniversary. Let me put it back. That's how important. That's how important you are, my friend. Um, and one of the ways you're helping, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, is uh, of course we have a gun owners online auction happening where there there are firearms and a couple of trips and some really cool and wine. There's a bunch of really uh, uh, you know collectible wine, uh, drinkable wine too. I'm I'm assuming some really cool. Uh, things happening and one is we just announced the uh, john korea uh, uh uh we're auctioning you off my friend an experience an well, asp you know, john korea uh, experience <laughs> yeah we do also teach classes all around the country uh you know as the business has gotten bigger we kind of have fewer dates that we're able to do that but we we teach a signature evidence-based pistol skills class Evidence-based home defense shotgun, uh, evidence-based defensive carbine, those kinds of things, and teach those all over the country. And we'd love to just engage with someone. And, and I'm also a cigar aficionado, so I'd love to sit and have a cigar with somebody if that's their jam. And, and maybe, maybe if they're into that as well, we might have you know, a fine bourbon to enjoy with it too. There you go. If you win, you get to go to one of his classes. Um, you get a... Uh, a subscription, right? Your your Patreon. You want to talk about that? What exactly? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you get a gold Patreon membership for a year, which uh, enables you to come to our monthly online seminars, and we get some other cool stuff for them too. And then uh, hang out and you know with us during class, and and if, you know after class, sit and have a cigar and, and a fine dram, and that would be a great time. That's awesome. I, I, anybody out there who's taking a class with John, you know what a great deal this is. Anyone out there who's considering taking a class with John, this is a fantastic way uh, to take a class with John, get to know John a little bit better after the class, and support a really, really good cause. So uh, thank you so much, John, man. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you. When are you coming back to uh, to Southern California? I mean, that's on you, bro. We just got to <laughs> figure out the dates. I don't have anything on the calendar right now, but we sure love coming out there and training and 
you know, supporting the good work that, that you guys are doing and helping people in California to uh, exercise their right to keep and bear arms. And, you know, you guys are, are fighting the good fight every day, and, and hopefully in a post-Bruin world, we keep making progress. And, and eating tacos. What's, the, what's that taco place you like down south? <clears throat> the, the greatest tacos on earth are Tacos El Gordo. So there's <laughs> okay. two of them in San Diego County, one in Tijuana. We'll go to San Diego County rather than Tijuana, but literally the best like not American Mexican, but Mexican Mexican tacos in America. I got to tell you, I was skeptical when you said that, but then you took me there, and I'm I'm a I'm a disciple. They're super good. <laughs> they're super good. They're they're literally the best. We I mean we make pilgrimages to Tacos El Gordo <laughs> to have them. <laughs> tacos El Gordo have made me Gordo. I'll tell you that. Right, that's it. Chubby <laughs> tacos, and we go. Yes, indeed, I have become the chubby. All right, my friend. So, how do people find you? Uh, of course, you know, bid on our auction to find you. But how do they find your YouTube channel and how they find have your to website? Bid me. I'm the current high bidder. Oh, yeah. Nice. I mean, easy way, obviously, is just find <laughs> us uh, on YouTube. Just search Active Self Protection. There's two channels there. Go to ActiveSelfProtection.com. There are links there to the YouTube channels and Facebook page and Instagram and all that stuff. Or you can send us a message, and we'd love to help any way we can. Asp. I feel like there's a marketing opportunity, like a t-shirt opportunity there, John. Oh, like they have shirts. Like look at my asp or something like that, or I don't know. Yeah, we you know cover your ass. We try not to go yeah. that route, but I totally hear you. <laughs> <laughs> John, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you very, very much. Likewise. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care. Take care, guy. All right, hey, we're gonna take a quick break. This How cool is, is that? Wait, we're not ready for no, a break. We're done. We still got like, yeah, no, we're I'm done. Gone. All right. No, I'm I wanted to sit there and relish. How cool relish. is that? John Korea hey, from John. ASP. He's the best, isn't he? Yeah. And she's the high bidder. You're the high I'm bidder? I'm the high bidder at the moment. Nice. We'll Seven thousand four hundred eighty. Are we allowed to, are we allowed to ask what the high bid is right now? It's at uh the next increment would be six hundred. Dude, that's a that's a steal. Mm-hmm. If someone outbids you right now and wins, that's a steal. Yep. So get I worked, on the I worked with them last year up in, in uh, Colorado. It's amazing. Nice. Yep. There you, there you go. go. Now, you want to ruin Alicia's day. <laughs> ruin Alicia's day for if $600? 6.05 and you got it. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio. FM 961. AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. You know, a lot of companies are so unhappy with their websites. It looks old. It's out of date. It's not getting customers. Well, you know, Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. So stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is easy. Just call 866-728-9100. That's 866-728-9100. Let them fix your website today. Awesome. How cool was that interview? That was a great one. I really liked it. I liked it. What a, this is a good show. You ever just get halfway through a oh, show? Yeah. And then you think, God, you, we need four more hours. And this is like, wow, this is a good show. I mean, half these shows. We'll have to thank the producer. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm holding my nose. They're horrible. I know. <laughs> Did you know this is episode 340? I didn't know that. So what? How many years have we been on the air now? Then three forty divided by fifty two is. Go ahead. Like you're the banker. It's like six hundred and four years we've been. I'm an English something like that. <clears throat> uh, six and a half. There you go. Six and a half years. 
Smarty pants. All right. Our next guest is with uh, Franklin Armory, which is a fantastic gun manufacturer. His name's Dan, and uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit. I think we're going to talk a little bit about SB2. We're going to talk a lot about Franklin Armory, and then, of course, we're going to talk about CalForge's ridiculous roster. So, Dan, are you there? I am here. Hi, guys. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Oh, I am fantastic. It's a great Sunday, and uh, thank you for having me on. How are you? Couldn't be better. So talk a little bit about uh, Franklin Armory. Tell us about uh, who are you guys and what do you do best? Oh, boy. What do we do best? Well, I guess it depends on who you ask, right? Um, according to a lot of Californians, we like to uh, um, help ensure they uh, are able to as freely and fully exercise their Second Amendment rights as possible. Um, you can talk about uh, some of the new products and stuff that we uh, have recently rolled out. Um, so that we, you know, can always serve our California brothers and sisters. Um, but as an organization, um, I think it really falls down to, you know, safeguarding the God-given right um, that every human being has to protect self and property. That's what Franklin Armory's enduring mission is, and it's straightforward. I mean, you have organizations like, you know, Second Amendment Foundation and uh, CRPA, California Rifle Pistol Association. Uh, newer ones like FRAC, Federal, uh, the Firearms Regulatory Accountability Coalition, which we're a member of, um, that are all doing the same thing from the legal side. We do it from the innovative manufacturing of firearms, parts, and accessories. What's an example of uh, some of those uh, innovative parts and accessories that help support California? Because you guys really do do a great job, and I can't tell you how much folks in California appreciate that. A lot of manufacturers... I don't want to say a lot of it just feels like we get ignored sometimes and that we're an afterthought or that people take their their uh, frustration out on on you know the end users us you know and you guys I would say uh, are right up there with going above and beyond trying to service California so can you talk a little bit about some of those products and some of the things you do for California sure sure I'd be happy to and first of all I appreciate you saying that um, it reminiscent of the most recent SHOT Show, uh, where we had tons of folks from California coming up to us saying the same thing, um, which is, uh, you know, in response to our most recent um, California product, the CA320, which we can talk about here in a mm-hmm. bit. Um, but a little bit of background, um, Franklin Armory was founded in California, Morgan Hill, to be precise. And our founding uh, Partners, uh, Jay and Karen, husband and wife team, um, you know, advent hunters and uh, great business people who believe in free enterprise and the role the private sector plays in ensuring that uh, the American dream continues on. You know, when things were happening on the, in the California front back in about 2010 uh, with the regulations against the uh, uh, you know, what has come become to known as the assault weapon, um, you know, it's the most versatile platform ever created. And um, our founders were like, no, you were not going to make this, um, you know, illegal. You were not going to prevent um, us at the time, California residents, from, um, you know, exercising our, our rights. And so Franklin Army became launched back in 2010 as one of the very first California compliant AR manufacturers. We were both a manufacturer and a distributor. And then fast forward, we can get into some of that history later. But um, today, you know, we're still putting out products, even though the company, has, you know, is unfortunate. We we started the migration over the beautiful Sierra Nevada mountains to a small town called Minden, Nevada, 
um, back in about 2018, 2019, uh, manufacturing first because California is cracking down on manufacturers. Um, we want, didn't want to be, you know, left, you know, behind enemy lines, if you want to say, you know, if, if that were to happen. And, uh, but eventually the environment just became so hostile that the uh, rest of the operations had to move over to Minden as well. But we've never forgot our California brothers and sisters. Um, back in 20, I want to believe it was 2018, um, we introduced, actually, we were able to get the very first AR pistol listed on the California handgun roster, and that was how did How did you do that? Because that's very impressive. How did that happen? Can you tell that story a little bit? Like, why why you guys and no one else? For sure. Well, the the how is interesting, um, and I can actually roll that into a conversation about the more recent one, CA-320. So the how goes about, and again, we'll get to the why here in a second, right? The how is pretty straightforward. Um, California Department of Justice has its litany of requirements. So um, we abide by them directly, straight by the book, um, between our founders and our engineers and our attorneys. Uh, we look at the laws. We understand them. We understand what um, is prohibited. But we design products to meet specific specifications. And so in the case of the CA-7, um, it was a, um AR-style pistol. However, um, not to be a semi-automatic pistol, it was able to be put on the roster from a safety perspective um, from being a single shot. So, you know, each fire requires another racking. Um, However, that is able to get um, the AR platform to, without restrictions, to California residents. So you fast forward to the CA-320, um, in this case, it's very interesting. Um, Actually, you know, the process, I, I, again, I, I, I want to get into the 320. I want to talk about it thoroughly, sure, but but, sure. let, but let's 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 back up because we have, we we still have a yeah. we, so um, okay. So your AR pistol has no. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about it like 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 someone's never seen it or heard of it or anything. Like you know, like feed it to them like we're five years old. It's got no stock, right? It's just got the tube in the back. Correct. And then how long's the uh, how long is the uh, barrel? So we actually have um, three models um, of our California clients. So we were not only the first um, pistol listed on the roster, which is the CA-7. So that's a seven and a half inch barrel, and it's chambered in 5.56. But we also, um, a few years, I think it was just actually one year later, were able to get the CA-11 and CA-12 listed on the roster as well. Same concept. It's an AR pistol. It's a shorter barrel. Uh, the CA-7 is a 7.5. The CA-11, I believe, is an 11.5. But that's chambered in 300 blackout. Um, and then the CA-12 is a 12, is it 12, 12 and a half? So I think it's a 12-inch barrel um, that is chambered in 350 legend. And it's single shot? So, yes. So. It's single shot. 350 legend. That's an interesting uh, uh, caliber. Okay, so it's single shot, which means pull the trigger and then you have to charge the handle, then pull the trigger and charge the handle, correct? Correct. And the reason for that being is, again, California's onerous regulations, right? No, 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 if totally you're going get, to yeah. get Yeah, if you're going to get a new pistol listed on the roster, and, and this is really key, not to get the other three kicked off, which has been more recently. Again, this is this goes into the... Uh, the, the the process with the with the CA three twenty, um, I don't believe the legislation had been written back um, for the CA seven eleven and twelve, um, but as a single shot, it does not remove the three semi automatic firearms from the roster. 
Um, and so, again, that approach was able to put to, to get these firearms past the, you know, all right. the uh, the testing requirements, um, the drop test, firing, et cetera. Um, but because it was not a semi-automatic, it does not have to Don't need um, the have the micro chamber indicator, right. the micro stamping, which is you know, ludicrous, right? Um, so, yes, it didn't have to have any of that stuff, and it was still able to get the firearm. And it has a, it uses detachable, uh, it's got a detachable magazine, right? Like regular AR mags. Correct. Correct. Yes, it can be because it's not a semi-automatic. And no okay. fin. And no fin. So no fin, uh, single shot, no no stock, uh, 7, 10, or 12, uh, or uh, yeah, I think I got that right, uh, barrel, three different calibers. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And it, there's no micro stamp requirement. Uh, none of that. So, and, and that, that's really, really fantastic. That's an awesome, awesome thing. Um, and, and it's on, it's totally California legal on sale now, right? At FFLs. You guys are selling those right now at, at shops in, in California. No, no, Correct. no, no assault weapon ban limitations because it doesn't have, it, it's not an assault weapon. It doesn't fit the definition of assault weapon. Um, you don't have to get the micro stamp because it doesn't fit the uh, the definition of the type of semi-automatic pistol that gets a that requires a micro stamp. So you guys have complied with the, all the laws in, in order to make it to where someone can have an AR pistol in California, and I think that that's fantastic. And that has led to the CA three twenty. Now talk about the three the CA three twenty. Yeah, absolutely. So um, probably about two years in the making right, um, was a design that looked at um, one of the more popular, you know, platforms and, and handguns, um, the SIG P320, uh, which, of course, uh, California Department of Justice would not put it on its roster for a number of different uh, reasons, but that they're, you know, working out between themselves. Um, however, again, we looked at the ability to follow California laws strictly by the book um, and make sure that we could produce a 320, right, style gun that could pass all of the strict California requirements, including, again, drop testing, firing, reliability, et cetera. Um, And that basically became the CA320, which is real simply described three parts, Um, a factory SIG 320 slide, a factory SIG 320 fire control unit. That's the serialized part, right? So these are bought, purchased, virgin directly from SIG. And then the third part, the catch, right? That's what allows it to be listed on the California roster, which is a proprietary grip module designed by Franklin Armory um, that then makes that particular handgun, again, a single shot, nine millimeter, 320, that can now be legally sold through every retailer in the state of California. Awesome. We're going to go into more detail. You coming back? Yes. Okay. Great. Hang in there, buddy. This is Gun yeah. Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 
the answer. Is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds bigger than her? Nope. Right. That's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women, led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's totally free. To sign up, go to notmeusd.org. The program is also available in Orange County and the Inland Empire. Get help today at notmeusd.org. So we just found out off air that Alicia here is extremely excited about the uh, the, the California 320. Super. Yeah, about two months ago, I saw a little uh, blurb, a little release, a, yeah, a little uh, a little teaser that Franklin Armory was releasing this, and so I couldn't wait. And then, you know, waiting for it. Well, hey, Franklin Armory, give yeah. her the gun. <laughs> Let her shoot the hell out of it. Come back. I think you know. And we'll give you a great a, review. Uh, is it in the mail? I was going to say, I, I think we can arrange a test and evaluation uh, model for sure. Well, Alicia would be great. She, she, she's an instructor in town. She'd be fantastic for that, actually. She's actually I didn't realize how excited she was, but she's yeah. actually she's very a, excited about hey, it. And she's a world-class gardener. <laughs> she's a world-class so gardener. I don't, want, don't be slacking. <laughs> That's awesome, well, man. I'll tell you what. I'd be, I'd be happy to do that. Not only, again, like I said, with Franklin Armory being originally founded in, in California, but I, too. Um, really, I mean, I, I grew up hunting in Nevada, but I spent a lot of years in the Bay Area and San Diego. And actually, my first handgun ever purchased was from the shootist in Marietta and no. your Inland Empire area. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I love what you guys are doing down there. I actually um, went through training at the, um, at Iron Sights at Oceanside. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so to, to be able to, Put one of these in your guys' hand to test and evaluate. I'd be it would be my honor. There you go. Well, we're happy to do it. Uh, as far as I know, we're the only gun show in Southern California that's on AM, FM, and podcast. So we have a few people listening. So yeah, we'll definitely we'll make happy you, to help. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get the word out. Yeah, we'll have our people get in cool. touch with your people. <laughs> so what made you what made you pick the, this particular model? What 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 about it made you guys uh, do this one? You talking about for the the CA three twenty? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's obviously we are a business, so we are in the business of satisfying market demand. And the P320 is a very popular firearm. Um, It is so sad and unfortunate that um, the largest state population-wise in the nation um, is prohibited from having a very viable um, and quality firearm. And so... Um, again, going back to our roots and understanding that safeguarding that very natural and God-given right to protect self and property, um, we were going to do what we could to provide Californians with that ability. So people that aren't familiar with the 320, what, what size is it? Is it a compact? Is it a subcompact? Like, is it good for carry? Is it better for, for home? Or what's the, what, what would you, how would you describe its main purpose and comparable size? Well, actually, my understanding is it comes in three sizes. There's a full size, um, and I don't off the top of my head, so forgive me if there's SIG enthusiasts out there who are going to mm-hmm. yell at the, <laughs> the radio if I get these numbers wrong. Um, so it's probably better not even say a number. There's a full size, there's a carry, and there's a compact. Um, yeah. Same concept. This is very popular with SIG on the 320 um, 
which is the civilian version of the M17 and 18, which have been um, requisitioned by, uh, I think, believe all branches of the U.S. military. Um, And so, yeah, and um, the 320 along with the 365 um, are a new approach to firearm manufacturing from SIG that looks um, that, that, that takes the modular approach, right? Um, and as such, and again, this would be a question for SIG, but my understanding is that um, between engineering and legal, um, there was the outcome of the fire control unit, right? Which is kind of the second piece to, to our creation um, is the serialized part now. And that fire control unit um, uh, and a slide and a grip module comprise the entire gun. And so it's a very attractive model um, to, um, you know, people. And I, and I mean that term, you know, accurately, the people, right? Yeah. We, the people. Um, it's a very attractive uh, proposition uh, for anyone looking for a firearm to defend self, to defend home, to defend property. Um, it's uh, people like shooting it. Um, and so we hope that more Californians get an opportunity to do so. Fantastic. So I have a question for you. Being that you were rooted in, in California at one point, what is your take and your interpretation on just the sham that is this, the uh, the California roster? Tell me a little bit what you think of that. Well, I mean, I think you already, you know, nailed the or hammered the nail on the head by calling it a sham, right? Right. Um, so without getting on my soapbox, um, I mean, there's challenges. We're, we're, we're waiting to see what happens with it. I mean, there is a train of thought that we may not have a roster in a couple of years. Uh, we would love to see that. Um, or there could be a different version of it. It's kind of like after Bruin, right? Didn't stop New York or Jersey or anybody else really from trying to then throw more laws at an unconstitutional approach. But, you know, I, there's a saying, and it's kind of like I can do my best Forrest Gump impersonation, you know, stupid tyranny is as stupid tyranny does, right? <laughs> um, that's just what they're going to do. So um, the best we can do is, again, to stand up for the people and ensure that no matter what tyrannical efforts are thrown at us, that we and again, it's 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 no accident that our business, our company, um, is named after one of the most foremost world-renowned inventors of his time, as well as a very uh, well-respected and venerable statesman, right, Benjamin Absolutely. Franklin. Um, you know, we have a number of of his famous quotes that kind of help to drive um, our ethos, if you will, as a brand, um, as well as some of our strategy. Um, and it really comes down to, you know, we will not tire, right? If, if that's what we have to be faced with, we will not tire. One of my favorites, um, you know, the, the company itself, uh, you know, I, you know, not speaking for Jay, but sometimes I get to, that's our founder. Um, you know, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. It's a pretty popular one mm-hmm. that a lot of people um, attribute to different things, but, you know, it's very much applied here, right? Especially when it comes to, you know, nationwide, global, universal, if you will, um, discussions about firearms and their role in the Second Amendment. But one of my favorites is actually a little bit lesser known. Um, it's rebellion against tyrants is obedience to God. There you go. And depending on your belief in, you know, 
the, the afterworld, spirituality, what have you, I guess it doesn't really matter. But in my opinion, that is what we as human beings should be doing anytime there is tyranny. We must, we must stand up. We must stand up for what's right. Um, and to know that our fight is just and good, keeps us going along. And in the case of Franklin Armory, again, being taking not just the innovative approach from Benjamin Franklin, our, our namesake, um, but the statesman approach. I really, really, one of the reasons why I really, actually a longer story, but worked very hard to try to find my way over to Franklin Armory after spending a little time in the firearms industry amongst others, um, is because the approach much different. There's a lot of companies out there that will develop a product, run with it for the longest time until they get a phone call or a knock on the door, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they say, well, you can't do that. And then they're, you know, caught between a rock and a hard place. Uh, Franklin Army takes a different approach, uh, just like with the CA320. We did our homework. We dotted our I's and crossed our T's, and we submitted to the state a firearm we knew was legal. We knew abided by the regulations and we got it approved within the time frame because you know just like any other regulatory industry whether or, or agency whether it be california doj or the atf you know they'll always try to push the limits on it but we can push back and say time's up we know it's within the regulations give us the letter let us know that we can move forward and market this right because otherwise what type of free economy do we have? And so that as an organization, oh man, it, it feels so good to work for a company like this. Well, I'd like to thank you as a California. Thank you for the, what, the job that you guys are doing. And you alluded to at some point having that California roster disappear, which is, of course, ultimately what we all want. But I'm curious if, if and when that does happen, what would that look like for your company? How would your focus shift? What would, what would your new movement be? Well, the roster is just one, mm-hmm. right? I mean, again, we, you know, we're looking at history right now and, and, and without going down this rabbit hole, but I, gosh, I can, I'm sure you could as well. Uh, the three of you talk about this uh, to no end. Um, you know, the concept of limiting Second Amendment rights is relatively new. And it just was not an issue before. The, the concept of why we have a Second Amendment was always very clear. And now we're looking at a different environment. And I don't think just the roster going away is going to change that. Um, That's one fight, right? That's one thing that we can hopefully have. Um, If you're familiar with, you know, Franklin Armory's binary trigger system. Correct. um, Binary firing system, yeah. So um, there's a lot of other fronts to continue to expand on that. I mean, right now, Californians are not able to purchase that product. We'd like to see that change, of course. Um, what, what is developing? Talk, talk about what the binary system. Well, talk about what it is and why why we can't purchase it in California for those who don't know. For sure. So, without getting into the rules of why you can't, I mean, it's just because you know, Almighty State of California says you can't, right? Um, but in the vast majority of other states, I think all but um, ten or eleven, possibly twelve, including the District of Columbia, um, binary trigger. System, binary firing system, actually, um, known better as again, binary triggers. You've probably heard that terminology. So it's it's a creation, Franklin Armory, that looked at, again, the definition of a semi-automatic trigger. One fire based upon one mechanism, right? So one pull, bang. You release, it resets for another pull, bang. That's the definition of semi-automatic trigger. 
what we looked at was if that's the definition of a, of a of an of an action, right, of a mechanism, then if you're releasing the trigger, that's another mechanism. True. And that provides another opportunity for a fire. And so one pull bang, one release bang, it's still classified by the ETF as a, as a semi-automatic trigger. Um, it, it falls right in with all the regulations, with all the laws. We even have a letter from the ATF classifying us as a semi-automatic trigger. Um, and so it is a innovative, brand new class of triggers. And we're also creating entire new classes of firearms themselves, which we can get into in a little bit, which really redefine how actions work. And creating right. a new action takes hey, we a lot got, of time, a lot got, of innovation. Awesome job. We got to get you back, or yeah. you got to get a radio show, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> we're not 100% sure. We do want to get you back. You have some really great news and some great product. How do people get a hold of you? Um, FranklinArmory.com for all our information, but of course, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. Got a lot of great information there as well. Cool. We look forward to having uh, uh, the kid over here shoot your gun, which should be exciting. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. You, your people, as you said, uh, get, get my with people me. get in touch with people. your people. It's just me. <laughs> That's what I said. We'll get in touch with you. And uh, we'll be happy to make that happen for right, sure. Buddy. Thank you so much for the time. Look Thank forward you. to the review. All right, we're going to take a quick break, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Well, you know a self-defense event happens in seconds. It does. And the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you to discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash D-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Stump My Nephew. My nephew, Sam the Gunman, turns out is pretty good at gun trivia. So if you write us and send a question, we use it on the air, we'll give you a hat or shirt. If we if you stump my nephew, then we'll give you a cool special prize. He does not get the question in advance, so the first time he hears the question is over the air um, here live. So, Sammy, there? Yeah, how are you guys? Fantastic, man. We had. Have you been listening to the show? Um, no, not tonight. Why? Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> what, how flattering. So we've had John Lott, we had John Correa, and then we had Franklin Armory. This is like the best show we've ever done. So, oh, man, I'll have to go and uh, catch it on YouTube once it goes up. Yeah. Now we're going to wrap up with Sam. So, yeah. Sam, do you know John Best Lott? So, don't mess it up here, John. Or Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam, do you know John Lott? Are you? Uh, no, I don't. John, well, you know who John Lott is, the more guns, less crime guy? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard the name, but I, I'm like, I couldn't put a face to it. Oh. Well, listen to this show, and then next Sunday, tell me that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> when you're his age. 
And that's right. a true compliment. That is a true compliment. It is a compliment. He's he's just very numbers oriented and uh, was just really fascinating. Yeah, he, fascinating. He, knew, he knew his stuff up and down, left and right. And this is a trick question. It's not a. It is. It not. is a trick Stop. question. Yeah, you're 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 Shh, yeah. David. All right. Anyway, all right. So now we're ready to ask the question. <laughs> Alicia, you want to go? <laughs> sure. Because Dave is not doing it. Dave's messing it David. all up. I think Sam needs his own intro song. Sam, if you could pick your own song for your intro, what would it be? Yeah. What's your walk-up song? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, think about that, All right. too. All right, we'll come back to that. All right, so our question today comes from Larry from Milpitas. And the question is, what is the Little Joe? Larry, thanks for writing in. Um, what is the Little Joe? Yes. Yeah, you know, I think you. he got me on this one. Ooh, what? You ever, never heard of that, the Little Joe? It uh, it it rings a bell, but I I can't. I I, I want to say no. I'm you know what I'm I'm not even going to get because brain. then I'll make my sound myself sound like even more of an idiot. So Alicia's going to read the answer, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get some kind of hate-filled text You're already getting the evil from, Dave. from Sam's manager. Because you gave Why, is, trick this a, is this a trick question? It's not a, it's not a trick question. It's just, I don't know if it's necessarily It starts off with, it's fire. not gun. Re- it's not. So <laughs> Go, ahead, Go ahead, read it, Alicia. So the answer is, the Little Joe is actually not a pistol. But it is a pistol-shaped crossbow developed by the British during World War II. It was intended to be a silent but deadly weapon to take out enemy foes. It was eventually retired because it was too slow at only five to seven shots per minute due to a complicated reload process. It is also a good reminder of why crossbows were discarded in favor of guns. What do you think, Sam? Trick. I, hmm, I mean... (laughs) It sounds unfair when I say it, but I'm in, I'm inclined to say it's a trick question because it is not <laughs> firearm related. It's um, exactly. Then, we, ask. then here's the thing: I, I saw one of those in a photo once, um, which which is why the name was, sounded familiar. But yeah, there there uh, that was a it was a tough question. I uh, there was there was no way I was going to get that. All right, it's All right. it's far so enough he, away from being a, a firearms. It's not well, it's it's not legit. It's so, not legit. So Larry from Milpitas, you will send us a check five hundred dollars. Are are you still going to give him the uh, the hat or the shirt? No, we'll probably give him a hat or shirt. Trick Mil- question. Although Milpitas is way up, that's the Bay Area. So yeah. well, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to give him a hard time for asking a question that's not technically firearm related i'm going to give you a hard time for choosing it yeah who's there run- you go who's running this show all right schwartz oh. write a check for five dollars to this radio not a station. problem you need it to clear it's in the mail <laughs> is that an option all right yeah no all right my friend uh awesome job so let's talk about what article do what's your most recent article about um, you know, as I said before, I write them out of order, so I don't remember which one went up most recently. He does that it to was, you every time. Yeah. Um, Probably was, just go was look. Was that the one about? Um, it wasn't the the one about Gavin Newsom. Seemed to me like you we talked about Gavin last week. I don't remember. Yeah, we talked about. All we right, next about week before you come on the air, go look at the at the at the blog and see which one the recent, most recent one was was uh posted uh the title is the industry lobby uh fallacy oh that Thank one you, that was a fun one policy policy yeah. sorry his google finger was faster than mine yeah i tried Thank yeah you, Brendan. okay you so, with Brendan. yeah 
the the elevator pitch here is um, that anti-gunners like to um, draw this line that um, the NRA oh they're they're just paid off by the manufacturers um, to to lobby for um, lax gun laws so that they can drive up sales. Well, that's that's really not true for a variety of reasons, and I break those down in the article. So um, if you want to hear more about that, go to the SDCGO blog or the blogs of the sister organizations and uh, take a look. That's awesome. What 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 inspired you? Um, I was bored, and that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> have you looked at SB? As have you looked at how how closely have you looked at SB two? Um, I've taken a, a look at it. I'm I'm not sure if I want to write a blog post on that specifically because it gets to um, kind of a bigger issue about concealed carry laws. But um, uh, I, I think I, I will I will definitely at least touch on it. But I probably won't write a blog post about specifically about that. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty ugly. Everybody, uh, we talked a little bit about SB two. We talked to John Lott about it. We were I don't think we touched with with John Korea or anything. We did but uh, uh, SB two is pretty ugly. It's basically making everything every place outside of your your home uh, is a sensitive area. Unless they, unless the the person that owns that sensitive area, um, sp- you know, makes the decision and posts that it's not a sensitive area, which is not how sensitive areas work. And if you look up and you read through the Senate bill, you look at you read through the legalese, it's hard to find that truth. It looks sexy. It looks like hey, you know, they're they're just implementing more training. They hide that in there, and that's the fear. Um, I think with people that are not going to take the time to understand the bill. Yeah. Pretty ugly. Well, really, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, um, if you've got 30 seconds, is that sure. it flies directly in the face of what Gavin Newsom said in a speech uh, a few weeks ago, that um, he's he's fine with, with legal, responsible gun ownership. Well, no, he's not, and, and it's blatant that he isn't. He, he really is a piece of work, man. I mean, the guy is so... Um, I, I try really hard in the world of politics to separate you know personal opinion or of someone personally with uh their uh, their their political opinions but uh you know there are a few people out there that are really just truly you know they're in politics and yes we disagree politically on some certain things and they're also a bad person you know what i mean like i don't assume that someone who disagrees with me is automatically a bad person because they disagree with me but uh you know, Newsom is is really truly bad news, and, and that lack of character comes out when he is passing. You know, one of these, uh, you know, horrible restrictive laws, and can't explain himself, and he's just appalled that anybody questions him. Right. And that's and it's you know, like you said, it's important to, to uh, separate someone's personality and who they are from their political opinions. It's important to be professional, but in this case, and in a few other cases, I think it's important to really truly understand uh, how they are personally, what their character is uh, when you're when you're looking at some of their initiatives. And he's he's bad news. And by the way, flip side, a lot of people I agree with, you know, 80, 90 percent of the time are bad people too. Right. <laughs> you know. So uh, anyway, thank you, Sam. Awesome job. Uh, Great job, bud. Sorry about the question. We'll uh, we'll kick it up a notch. I promise. Yeah, who's who's the guy running this show anyway? I know, man. I know. He's not in a room. He's over in the other room. Alicia made me do it.
Alicia. Sure, way to deflect blame. Uh, thanks for having me on anyway. See you next week. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Take Sam. care. Good night. All right, folks. Hey, you want to help us out? Subscribe to our show. Give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. And please support all our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Tree, San Diego Flight Training International, U.S. Concealed Carry Association, and get online, get on that auction, and pick up some pretty cool items. How do you get to the auction? Uh, you got to be on our email list. And you get it. You just get information there, or go to any one of our websites: gunownersradio.com, San Diego County Gun Owners dot com, Orange County Gun Owners dot com, or Inland Empire Gun Owners dot com. Hey, big thanks My to Alicia Curtin, <laughs> Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, and our infamous Brendan Thomas. And don't forget, Mr. infamous Bob Siegel. Mess that one up too. No, it's infamous. Oh, okay. It means they're. Yeah, I think it means they're even more than famous. Oh, you know what I just realized? Oh, pardon? You know what I just realized? I didn't. I've been sitting in Jackson's chair all day, and I couldn't figure out why I felt so low to the ground. You are low <laughs> to Jackson's chair. No. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio. Hey, Bob Siegel's in. Don't touch that dial. FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.